to Monday afternoon, a busy week, a busy day. Happy MLK Day. Happy birthday to my little brother. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to Uncle Mike. And Uncle Mike. also happy Iowa Caucus Day. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Have you been thinking a lot about this? Because I, I know. Have been. I know it gets your gears turning. I do. I love election nights. I love watching numbers come in. This is my favorite. This is my, like, this is the, I'm a news geek. I'm a news nerd. Mm-hmm. This is, like, the subsect. This is, like, if you if you dig down and, like, to my, the core of my news nerddom, it's election nights. I love. It's the core of Tony Colombo. Before I worked in talk radio, when I was still a music radio, I would have election night parties. And not just for like the presidential election, like Super Tuesday parties. You weirdo. <laughs> you freaking weirdo. <laughs> you know what? Weirdo. I had nerdy friends that would come over though, too. Probably just because it was a good excuse to drink. <laughs> Fireball. But like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's how much I, I'm into it. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I actually, we'll get into this a little bit later. It's going to be weird for me tonight. It was weird for me on New Year's Eve, and it's been weird for me on certain um, other, like, Big news days or like big days where like like television coverage is important because I don't have this will be my first election night without any type of cable television, streaming television, Mm -hmm. all the streaming services I have. None of them have like the have like live like the major news networks. Mm -hmm. They have like some off brand like like CNN like replay or yep. like Fox Now, mm-hmm. which are like not exactly the real. Yeah, it's not showing you the stuff. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of other ways to keep up with this, this stuff. But um, yeah, but it'll be the first time that I can't just turn on like a normal. So I guess it's just going to be updates from the different sources on our phones. That's what I know. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, and there seen. are, and I can still watch some news networks. You know, like some of the news networks are on some of the free streaming services and things like that. Yeah, but okay. they are not on, um, yeah, but they're like the big ones aren't on. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, uh, um, how that goes. Um, because on the, un, the unplugging, getting rid of everything, there's yet to be a negative. So we'll see if tonight is a negative or not. Because is, I've always yeah. been able to find another way around everything. Yeah. So we will um, <clears throat> we'll see how that goes. And, of course, we'll keep an eye uh, on this all night tonight. We'll see how tonight shakes out. And then we will be all over this um, again tomorrow as we digest whatever results happen today. And I want to get into uh, the conversation about those results. We are going to have a... As I mentioned, it's a packed show today. It's also, obviously, our area being extremely impacted by this cold weather. We're going to talk to our Brian Agers from Agers HVAC in, a, in just a few minutes. I asked Brian to come on today because it's such an important time to talk about, like, keeping your furnace, like, healthy and what to, like, how to make sure that it's working properly and you're not, you know, doing any extra you know, asking it to do too much or putting, mm-hmm. you know, damaging it in any way when it's so important right now. And also like what to look for, you know, like you know, warning signs if something could be a problem. So I think it's important. So we're going to talk to Brian about that in a few minutes. We're also going to have Virginia Cruder from the Daily Wire on today. Uh, Rob Carter, host of the Rob Carter Show, which you can hear every Sunday night and soon every single night here on at News Talk STL. Rob's going to be a regular on the show, uh, at least for the next couple months, as we start the ele- uh, election season. Uh, Rob filled in for us when both of us were out of town a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. i listened to those shows i listened to rob on sunday nights and you know i think he's i think we can have some really good conversations totally about um the elections and 
news in general uh, moving forward. So looking forward to that. That happens a little less than an hour from now, just after 3 o'clock. And then our buddy Dave Sylvester from the Gutter Pros is going to be here at the end of the show. We're going to talk about our upcoming event on January 27th and uh, talk about this weather's impact on the you know some of the things outside of your home as well as inside of your home. So lots to get into today. And the reason I touch on Brian Ager is in that conversation that we're going to have in a few minutes, it is nearly identical weather and most of Iowa is what we're having here. So it's like so strange. Zero degrees. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, single digits, like low single digits, like one, two, three degrees in cities across Iowa. And I wonder if that's going to have any impact on the voter on voter turnout. We, we asked Karen Fessler last week when she was on with us. Karen is a member of the Republican Party, the state party in Iowa. So she's the best to talk to when it comes to Iowa politics and the Iowa caucus and all of that. And um, she had said, I asked her about that. When we talked to her about a week ago, they were actually going through a snowstorm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not happening there tonight. But the extreme cold, I asked her if she thought the weather was going to play a role, and she said no. So um, I hope she's right, but I I know St. Louis, yeah. <laughs> and I know that if there's weather, it impacts voter turnout. Whether it be rain, snow, whatever it is, <laughs> balmy heat, you know, if, mean- it's, if there's extreme weather... It definitely impacts voters here in our area. Because think about that. It, for us, I always put it into perspective that if it was my turn to vote today, now granted, I know that it's different than a primary, but am, am I going to be waiting outside in a line in two degree weather yeah. to go like, and how long? An hour? A half hour? To me, I think that it will definitely impact the vote, more specifically the older and the younger. Yeah. I think mid people that might be going after work since it's seven o'clock central time for the caucus. Yeah. It'll be different. But younger voters and older voters, I think it's definitely going to impact. You know, I will say you make a You make a really good point there about the fact that this is a caucus and not a primary. So you're not standing in the lines outside in the cold like you would be for a primary, which we have done. And I, you know, done in the cold. It's miserable. Yeah. Um, But also the fact that it's a caucus. I think and I could be wrong about this, but my gut on caucuses are that. You are a you're a special kind of voter. Yeah. Like it's you're it's it's more important to you. You're more intense about it. You're more motivated to go and participate because it's not just go up and vote. And particularly in a primary, you know, like five minutes of your time walking in, casting your vote, walking out. It's a process. You're going to be there for a while. So you are you're probably somebody that's that's fairly into this. If you're going to participate in the caucuses, that being the case, I don't think maybe the weather would have, maybe the weather doesn't affect as much because these people are, are already that. committed. Yeah. That's, Whereas that's like true. the five minute run up to the, you know, to the uh, nursing home down the street, that's the yeah. polling place or the elementary school around the corner. That's the polling place. Like, you know what, man, it's, I don't want to get in the car right now. It's just too cold. Like I could see somebody sitting that out, but if you're already, if you've been planning on participating in the caucus and you've got this night carved out and you're going to be gone, you know, you're, yeah, there's you know a different gonna, level of, commitment. yeah, there's a different level of commitment, yeah. different level of motivation. So maybe the fact that it's a, a caucus, the, the weather wouldn't impact as much. But like I said, I know St. Louis and I know that we would be impacted by, 
this type of mm-hmm. weather. There would be less people voting today than on a you know, beautiful day where it was 50 degrees outside. Totally. In, in I think it would impact me. <clears throat> I mean, if, like I said, if it were me today, I would be like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm so, considering some things. Yeah. So we will see how that all, uh, we'll see w- w- how that shakes out. We'll get, uh, we did, we asked Karen last week also if we would have the results in tonight. And she said that she thought that, that we would, um, that's it's ridiculous that we even have to ask that question right. these days. Right. Like, do you expect to have results on election night? That used to that used to just be a given, um, but it's not anymore. And uh, she said that the Iowa, you know, the Republican Party there has got all their ducks in a row, and they don't anticipate any issues in getting out uh, the results from the caucuses tonight as the evening goes uh, through. So we should know by the end of the night tonight, and certainly you know by tomorrow. Um, tomorrow morning, of course, with Mike Ferguson and then Vic and then us and then Tim and Chris will all be able to uh, react to and digest those results and talk about their impact. So it's going to be an exciting next 24 hours or so. A new poll in Iowa suggests that Nikki Haley has pulled ahead of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for second place behind Donald Trump in tonight's Iowa caucus. Um we talked a little bit about this last week, how Nikki Haley has had the wind at her back and has mm-hmm. picked up momentum and has in many places moved into, at least according to the polls, has moved into second place in, in many states, uh, you know, taking that away from Ron DeSantis. Uh, despite this, Haley is staying uh, disciplined when it comes to setting expectations and is erring on the side of cautious optimism. She said in an interview today, quote, the media loves to set expectations. My expectation for myself is to come out strong in Iowa, to come out strong in New Hampshire and to come out strong in South Carolina. However, Haley had a reason to be optimistic, pointing to her just concluded campaign event. She said, quote, our people are excited. The momentum is real on the ground. You saw we had over 300 people in that room. I think we're going to really make a big showing. I wanted to read it in part because I, I want to talk about the polls and I want to talk about, you know, who, do you think Nikki's going to finish in second? How do you think it is going to go? One, two, three. Um, how big do you think the victory is? You know, how big is the spread going to be? Uh, there's more information here I, I have on that. But I also that that last part of that quote from Nikki Haley saying, you know, I can feel the momentum on the ground. We had an event today that had 300 people at it. That, OK, that is a lot of people. Yeah. For a caucus event in a state like Iowa that's 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 an impressive room but as we've talked about when you're used to Donald Trump when you're used to seeing rallies of thousands of people 300 people this is and this is not a knock on Nikki this is just the interesting this is just the, the difference yeah the difference in politics now that it was even just five ten years ago in that a 300 person. I mean, a lot of these guys, they go, a lot of these, these politicians, they'll go in, in, especially, you know, in primary season when it's still a year plus away from elections mm-hmm. or almost two years, you know, they'll be going to these little events that have 50 people or 40 people in them. So, you know, 300 people at a, at a, <laughs> an Iowa caucus event where, when it's zero degrees outside, I'm not knocking Nikki Haley for that, but, it doesn't sound as impressive to the to when somebody's reading that article and you know they're used to seeing 
campaign rallies with Donald Trump with thousands of people in them. 300 people doesn't sound like it's that impressive. Am I overblowing that or like that stood out to me like totally I know that that is I know that that's a good showing and I like I understand that she's bragging about it but I can see other people reading that and going oh there's only 300 people there wow that doesn't sound like a big totally stood out to me that number completely jumped out to me when you just read it not only not only whenever you compare those numbers to Donald Trump's numbers is it like eh, okay good for second place that's what I keep thinking of good for second place not even reaching couldn't even touch Donald Trump's first place but the other thing that I keep thinking about is we're talking about the weather and how much it's going to impact the caucus voting just in general do you think that if Donald Trump held a rally in zero degree weather and his most ardent fans voters do you think that would deter them one stinking bit? <laughs> no. That is the other thing that I keep thinking about when I hear the number 300. It's probably people that like Nikki Haley. It's probably people that are fans of her, that like her work, that like her ideas, her ideology. That doesn't mean squat to the most ardent Vic Porcelli or Ken Williams. Yeah. They, If Donald Trump was here and it was zero degrees... You bet your bottom dollar that it would have no effect. The weather would have no effect on someone that really, really loves Trump. They would go see him come hell or high water. And that's the other thing that Nikki and Ron DeSantis have to think about. He has created a base of people that are gung-ho, that are all the way. So whenever I think about that number 300, I do say good for you. And I do say that that is an accomplishment, but we're not talking about Nikki Haley compared to a George Bush or Nikki Haley, even compared to Barack Obama, who is wildly popular. Mm -hmm. We're talking about someone that is hauling in a re was hauling in arenas full of people mm -hmm. that were all like could be 100 degrees outside or zero. I'm going to see Donald Trump. I, I agree. And I think that's why when you read that now, again, there's lots of there's lots of other factors. Yeah. Nikki Haley has probably done literally a hundred or more events around Iowa in the last several months. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, I saw an interview with him today. I was he I can't I don't remember the number exactly, but it was in the hundreds. And I don't mean like in the one hundreds. I mean like in like three or four hundred, something like that, events that he's mm. done in Iowa Jeez. in the last couple of years. Just in Iowa. Donald Trump doesn't do that. So there that there's something to do there's something to be said about that as well. Right. Like exclusive Nikki Haley. Yeah. You can you can catch Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy all over the state multiple different times. Throughout the months leading up to the Iowa, very caucus. true. So, if she's at your at the coffee house down the street this week, but you're busy, you know that you can catch her at the at the high school <clears throat> across town next week. So, it's different. Donald Trump comes in and does one or two rallies, and that's it. So you only have one chance to see him in that yeah. state, which creates FOMO and creates, you know, a it's much a Taylor bigger Swiftism. Yeah, a much bigger deal. But um but yeah, I just I'm not sure people think about all those different um circumstances when they read that and when they read that somebody had a, a campaign event on the night of the Iowa caucus and there was 300 people there and you just saw last week a, a rally with Donald Trump, you know, with 
you know, way more people than that, you it it fairly or unfairly, and maybe it is unfairly, kind of gives you. Uh, it does. It, it it makes you think that you know the the momentum is not nearly behind Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis like it is Donald Trump, and it may not be. We'll see. We'll see tonight. There's more on. More on that uh, that we'll get to as we go through the afternoon. In fact, we'll touch on this. Uh, we're going to talk to Brian Agers from Agers HVAC about uh, your furnace and this weather and, you know, making sure you're doing all the right things to keep you and your family safe and warm during this weather. Uh, also want to touch on <coughs> the it seems to have been created by a combination of the media and also the people running against him, the Republicans running against Donald Trump. They've created this threshold of 50% that if Donald Trump doesn't get more than 50% of the vote today, that's somehow a signal that he's not doing, that he's losing momentum, that he's losing popularity, Hmm. which I just feel like this number was arbitrarily plucked right out of the sky. So if he wins, you know, if Nikki Haley gets 18% and... Ronda and Ron DeSantis gets fifteen percent, and and Donald Trump gets forty seven percent. That's somehow a knock on him, a sign that Donald Trump is losing popularity because he didn't get fifty percent of the vote. I'll explain. There's lots of candidates and media folks talking about that fifty percent threshold, and uh, I get your thoughts on whether or not you believe that to be a uh, uh, an accurate an accurate summation or uh, just kind of a fake news arbitrary goal that was plucked out of thin air. So we'll discuss that and talk to Brian Agers from Agers HVAC next here on Colombo and Katie. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101.9941 News Talk STL. It is Iowa Caucus Monday. It is MLK Day, and there is a lot going on and a lot to talk about. And uh, with all this news happening, we're also dealing with some pretty extreme weather. Uh, let's see, what's the phone say right now? <clears throat> you think it's uh, you think it's more than five degrees out there right now? No, I'm going to say two, six according. Oh to my phone. darn! Balmy. So gross. never mind. We don't need to talk to Brian. It's six degrees out there. It's We're like it's, it's so warm. Uh, no, with uh, with all this happening with the weather, I thought um, a perfect person to talk to today would be Brian Agers from Agers HVAC uh, because uh, Brian, it, you know, thanks as always for your time. But right now, I mean, we we talk all year long with you on the show about different. Things you can do to make sure you're, you know, keeping up the maintenance on your HVAC system and all of those sort of things. And this is the kind of weather that uh, you do all those good practices for, because right now you don't want to have any issues with keeping your uh, your home warm uh, and your family safe. So I uh, really appreciate your time this yeah. afternoon. I would imagine you guys are getting some phone calls uh, this week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> our schedule for today was pretty much booked before we opened uh, for the day, uh, just from, you know, online bookings and things that came in over the weekend and um so yeah it's it's crazy and a lot of folks are experiencing uh, people that have high efficiency furnaces in particular that that have a vent where it vents out in pvc 
Uh, a lot of times when we have these sustained freezes, you get this ZZ Top style beard that hangs off of, you know, icicle <laughs> that hangs off the pipe and it can start um, causing a restriction. Yeah. And that restriction will then eventually shut off the furnace. And so we've had a number of those calls of, hey, and I, you know, instruct everybody to, to check and make sure that the exhaust pipe is open, that their drain is working well. Um, because those two things will certainly shut down a furnace. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was one of the things that I was thinking of uh, that stood out to me, uh, because this, whenever you sort of taught us this little math rule when it came to air conditioners, I, I've always, mm-hmm. I've always thought that that uh, was such a, a helpful thing to keep in mind. And I wanted to ask you if it, if it's if the same um, uh, goes for the cold weather and the furnace. So oh, we, we the twenty yeah. degree rule that uh, you know if it's your 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 air conditioner can only keep your house maybe twenty degrees tops, like at full efficiency, maybe twenty degrees cooler than it is outside so if it's 105 degrees outside your air conditioner can't keep your house 65 degrees what's is that does that math work for the cold weather as well yeah fortunately it's it's better than 20 degrees (laughs) if it was only 20 we all be in (laughs) but uh but yeah so st louis depending upon where you look has a design temperature of about two degrees um, and then, you know, a lot of folks will say, well, I want to maintain 70 degrees inside the house. And so systems are designed for two degrees outside, 70 degrees inside. And when we get uh, weather down into the negative numbers that sit there and, and are sustained, we've got customers that are calling in and saying, man, I can't get my house above 68 right now. And my furnace isn't shutting off. And it's like, well, you are at the design limit of the furnace. And, you know, a lot of people are, are with air conditioning and furnaces alike kind of have this idea of why are we doing this to ourselves? Why don't we just put five tons of air conditioning in the biggest furnace you can put on, on every home and in every home? And it's like, well, because especially with single stage equipment, you don't want to overkill it to the point where, you know, your thermostat calls for heat. And, um, if you have wigs in the house, they melt and, you know, <laughs> four minutes later, <laughs> your thermostat kicks off because now it's 20 degrees warmer. Mm-hmm. So there's a happy median, you know, cause it's not always zero outside. And so the reason that equipment is designed with these thresholds in mind is because it's rare that we have these negative temperatures like this and, and usually short lived. And so we don't want to punish ourselves, uh, all of the rest of the heating season for what ends up being, you know, a few nights usually annually here in St. Louis. Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, I think some people worry about, because even if your house is holding a, the temperature where you want it to be right now, if you're, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. holding it around, you know, somewhere between 65 and 70 and you're, you're doing great. Um, obviously your furnace, your whole system is still working overtime to maintain that. Is that a worry or is that what these things are built to do? Like if it's running 24 seven for three or four days in a row, um, just to maintain a a normal average temperature, is that a, is that a, a, a worry? It's not unless you're, I mean, if your furnace is on the, on the brink of failure anyway, then running at the extra, running it extra hard is, is not going to help the situation. But if you've got a fairly new system, it really doesn't hurt anything to let it run 24 hours a day. If uh, your drain, you know, if it's a condensing furnace, it's high efficiency, making sure your drain is clear, making sure the exhaust pipe that goes out through the side of the house in most cases 
is free of ice and, and it doesn't really hurt anything because they're designed to run for thousands and thousands and thousands of hours um, in furnace mode. It's a, it's a lot less uh, taxing on a furnace to run nonstop than it is air, air conditioning. Yeah, I, I think that's such a good – the The last thing I wanted to ask you was about uh, about things to look for. You've already mentioned a couple with the with the drain and the exhaust pipe. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. I'll say it. I'll say it for you. The filter. Make sure yeah. you yeah. make sure you have a you know make sure your filter has been changed in the last few months. If you have a clogged filter right now, if it's been six months yep. or eight months since you've replaced your filter, that uh, uh, that could definitely be a problem, especially when. Uh, uh, we're going through weather like this. Anything else that stands out that people can keep a, an eye on or do uh, for yeah, their house? Are a big yeah, big deal. Because if you're not, if your filter is not breathing, your furnace isn't breathing, it'll shut off just yeah. because it's overheating. And so it's important for, from that aspect to keep it. Um, you know, the other thing too, and I'll throw this out because I know we're limited on time, but we're getting ready to get slapped as an industry uh, with some oh, yeah. changes with price increases that are coming with the new refrigerants that are being mandated. And so like, I've got customers right now, we're running a 15% off special for the month and, and it ends on the 8th of February. Once this promotional period that we're in the middle of ends this 15% off, we're going to get a 6% price increase from our supplier. And then at some point at, at the end of this year or before the end of this year, when the government or, or the manufacturers switch over to the government's uh, new mandates, regulations, yeah, regulations. Mandates, yeah. yeah, we're looking at around another 30%. So what I'm telling folks right now is if you buy equipment, before the eighth, you're looking at a fifty-one percent lower price wow. than it would be if you bought it a year from now. Wow! And that's by when? February eighth. February eighth is the last day of the promotion. So if anybody is on the fence, huh. it's a whole lot cheaper to do it now. No kidding. Yeah. You know uh, we do we do need to get you back on. You know with everything happening today, I wanted to talk about the extreme weather situation. But you are so right. Mm-hmm. So we got to get you back on in the next couple of weeks to talk about that because um, we we would just I can't remember what where what state the the story came out of about the dishwashers. There was a there was a mm-hmm. you know like. Um, as you and I, as Brian, we've talked about on on the show many times, and 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 Katie and I have talked about all the different uh, appliances that the Biden administration is waging war on. They lost mm-hmm. in court about uh, dishwashers last week. Mm-hmm. They, their their efficiency <laughs> standards were thrown out, and they were they were proved to be like. Not only was it more expensive and a burden on taxpayers, but the research even proved that what they were claiming about like saving water and saving energy was all a lie too. All it lie. wasn't even doing anything for the environment. So I think that this well, I think this is sure. going to be front and center this year, don't you? Like with your industry and so many other industries uh and these 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 seemingly unnecessary regulations that the Biden administration is levying against folks. Yeah, well, and unfortunately, this the the refrigerant change has been mandated and have been in the works for a number of years. And so, yeah. no matter how much we scream about it, it's not going to change. But right. to your point, there is an assault on gas uh, appliances like stoves in your home and and stuff. And it's like you know, sometimes when you get ideology that is more important to you than facts, it's uh, it's detrimental to the people who, at the end of the day, are using the products to to heat and cool their home and to cook their meals and to whatever heat their water so it's yeah it's we've gotten to a, a really i think ridiculous point in this country where 
um, pocketbooks don't seem to matter to the government anymore. It's we have to do this and we have to do that. And if you don't agree with us, then you're bad. Yeah. Brian Agers from Agers Heating and Air Conditioning. Great stuff. Really appreciate uh, last second you being able to jump on with us today. And let's definitely talk again before the end of the month and, uh, you know, really get into and warn folks about what is about to happen with these regulations and and how to, uh, you know, get in before that happens. February 8th. If you got, yeah, if you're, if you, if you're thinking about getting new, uh, HVAC equipment or a new system, uh, do it now because things are about to change in a big way. Brian, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We'll talk to you again very soon, my friend. Have a great day. You bet. Thanks. You bet. That is Brian Agers from Agers Heating and Air Conditioning. CallAgers.com is the website. Call Agers, A-G-E-R-S. CallAgers.com if you are having any issue with keeping your home warm and uh, safe this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the folks at Agers are absolutely the best. All right, I want to dive back into this um, <clears throat> story that I was telling you about a minute ago. Um, it's not just this isn't just the media. Uh, this is the this is a lot of Republican uh, uh, candidates uh, and and uh, uh, politicians that are uh, sort of touting this as well. The idea that if Donald Trump doesn't get at least fifty percent of the vote tonight, that that is somehow indication that he is losing popularity. I give you an example. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds was uh, doing some interviews over the weekend. Hours before her state's caucuses lead off the 2024 Republican presidential nominating calendar to raise expectations for former President Trump. She said, quote, I think it's going to be bad for President Trump if he doesn't come in over 50. He's not meeting expectations that the media and the polls have been putting out for the past several months. The popular Iowa governor is also a big supporter of Ron DeSantis. So keep that in mind. And uh, that seems to be the bar that they have uh, tried to create um, that will show whether or not Donald Trump is doing well or not. Uh, A DeSantis spokesperson, here's another person, said today, quote, expectations are high for Trump. He's got to perform. If he gets less than half the vote, more people voting against him than for him. I think that's, you know, setting up doom down the road. Nikki Haley said the same thing today in an interview where she said that people will be looking to see if Trump is, quote, falling below 50 percent or not to see how he's what his momentum is. Where does that number come from? That's my question, because I think the answer is nowhere. A Trump spokesperson, this is super interesting, pointed out over the weekend during this conversation that, quote, no one has ever won the Iowa caucus by more than 12 (laughs) percent. So keep that. So think about that. Nobody's ever won by more than 12 percent. So if Donald Trump, if you know, like the, the scenario that we set up earlier, if Nikki Haley gets 20 percent of the vote, DeSantis gets 15 percent of the vote and Donald Trump gets 45 percent of the vote. He would have double he'll be he'll have won the Iowa caucus by double more than anybody else in history has. But we're supposed to believe that that is somehow an indication of him losing steam because 45% isn't 50% of the vote. Like I, It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Well, we said last week, too, whenever we were talking to Gabe and Ken, we were making our predictions that you asked us if he's going to win bigly or if he's going to just win, you know, a standard, like you just gave an example, 20, yeah. 20 points over. Yeah. I would say that is bigly. I do, too. But I think that the hype... 
around Trump is hyped because of Trump, because there is no, I mean, he's always going to believe he's larger than life. So if it is below 50, he'll probably be disappointed because he might have been hyping this entire time that he's going to win, let's say 55, 60. Mm -hmm. The media buys into that hype. They, I mean, totally buy in to whatever Trump is saying about himself. And then they kind of rationalize those polls because of that hype. We said on Friday, and we've said this entire time, the polls fluctuate. I mean, there whatever we think going into the Iowa caucus, it's probably not going to be what it is. There's going to be differences yep. that happen. But just because the media and just because Trump have hyped himself up to this ungodly, let's say, expectation doesn't ever mean that the rest of us bought that as the reality. Yeah. You know, like Nikki Haley's going to say it. She's his opponent. She's going to say, oh, my God, this is definitely a sign that he's going down in the polls. Mm -hmm. The rest of us know and understand the polls can be, you know, we can see things from the polls. You can get things from the polls. But the rationality that he's going somewhere, that he's going to be losing by substantial margins because he's below 50 percent. He gets 48 percent of the vote that that's an indication that he's not doing well like he still won in a huge way it just not might not be what trump hyped it up to be or the media hyped it up to be. i think it's way more for me personally it's way more about the spread than it is the actual number what do you mean it's about how big how how much further ahead of second place did he win by yeah yeah. So it doesn't have to do with like what did he get 50% of the vote did he get 30% of the vote did he get 70% of the vote if he gets 20% more mm-hmm. than second place, so if Nikki Haley gets 18% and DeSantis gets 16% and Trump gets 38%, he's still 20 percentage points ahead of second place. That's a landslide. And I'm way more interested in that spread, just how far is the gap yeah. between him and the others than did he get... Did he get more than half the vote? Did he get more than 50% of the total vote? I I think that margin of what you're determining has exactly been what we have been thinking all along. Because that 50% number did come out of nowhere. I have never, I have not heard yet in the campaign season people put a determinate number like 50% out there. Everybody else has been measuring. Trump is 20 points more. Trump is 30% more. I mean, that has always been the gauge. So for them to come out and just give a, a, a number just quickly like that and say, if he doesn't meet this threshold, then he's actually losing and he's losing steam and momentum. I don't know. To me, I'm just like, we, we learned from Karen Fessler too. There are people that are still undecided. Mm-hmm. So, we know going into this Iowa caucus, there's a lot of people undecided. It's not going to be 60%. It's yeah. not going to be that. Yeah. It's going to be something realistic. Right. But if he wins the if he wins this thing by 20% or more, I mean that's a, that is such a massive it's still spread. Huge. Like like we said, there's no nobody's ever won by more than 12% before. I'm way more interested in that in that spread between the candidates than I am 
the total Mm -hmm. number. Uh, We are going to talk to our friend Virginia Cruda from the Daily Wire. We'll ask her about her expectations and what she is looking for specifically as we get ready to watch these numbers come in from the Iowa caucus tonight. Also, she's got a new article up at thedailywire.com that uh, says that John Kerry is preparing to step down as climate czar. I thought he was. I thought this was his. Yeah, his gig. His I thought, he, time. Yeah, I thought this was his, like he was America's favorite son under the spotlight. Totally. Like I'm a little surprised by that. So uh, we'll uh, ask Virginia about that and the Iowa caucus and more next on Colombo and Katie. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Too much, baby. Ethan picked these. Oh, he sure did. Yeah, producer Ethan. Producer Ethan. How did I? What did I just say? (laughs) (laughs) How did I? Why are the words producer and Ethan not? Why are they so hard to say next to each other? Anyway, producer Ethan is Uh in studio today doing some training, and he picked out the music. Great. She's doing we have great our show job. coming up on January 27th. Mm-hmm. I've actually considered singing this song at our show because it's such a big deal to Maggie, my daughter. She loves this song so much, and it was a fun. It would be Tony, a fun thing. I get that. But we're talking about Elvis here. I know. You're on something else. <laughs> we're talking about Elvis here. Just because it's so hard to sing, or just because it's so old and like such it's the a freaking king. I know. That's like, like a... someone covering Journey. I mean. Which Granted, they do a lot. There are people that cover Journey, but you've got to be someone on Jason Nelson's level. Oh. we got to be... I mean, gotcha. this is Elvis freaking Presley. Yeah. Here. I don't know. I never... I mean, Elvis... I love Elvis. I never put him, like, on the voice scale of Steve Perry or... Um, uh, it's just big shoes to fill. Queen, you know, or, or, or Freddie Mercury or anybody like that. So, that's interesting. All right. Anyway, I love that song. Great job, producer. Ethan, see, I did it right. <laughs> Joining us on the phone now, as she does every Monday afternoon at this time, is our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Wire. Virginia, thank you so much for joining us today. And, uh, yeah, here we go. We've been talking about it for seemingly ever, and we're finally officially going to see some people voting in this presidential election tonight. It's pretty exciting stuff for news nerds. Uh, How are you feeling uh, about uh, the results that we could be seeing tonight? Uh, Well, I I just, I think a lot of people are saying a lot of things and I'd really like to see the rubber hit the road. Um, Yeah, and we're about to, which is the cool thing. We're about to see the rubber hit the road. What's really funny, and I actually wrote about this yesterday um, at the Daily Wire, um, Donna Brazil, mm. our favorite yeah. question-passing DNC <laughs> chairman, former, you know, she, <laughs> Test she was on ABC. <laughs> she, she's usually on ABC. And while everybody else at the table is kind of, because a lot of the horse trading is going on on the Republican side, right? Democrats aren't really talking about candidates because it's presumed that Joe Biden is the guy, unless there's somebody else they're just not talking about, but they're not talking about him is the point. And then, so you've got Kennedy and you've got um, Marianne Williamson, and nobody's really paying a whole lot of attention to them, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So most of the conversation is about Republicans because they're the ones that are 
in upheaval, right? Yep. And so Donna Brazil is at the table talking about, well, you know, this could be, um, you know, there are a lot more Republicans in Iowa than there were eight years ago. And I'm like, where's she going with this? <laughs> and then she starts talking about how the Democrats have abandoned certain states, Iowa included, um, in an effort to, um, like, put all of their focus into battleground states. And she's like, the problem is, then you can't get those states back. It gives Republicans kind of a... And the, um, Jonathan Carl, the host on uh, This Week on ABC, was also talking about it. He said there are 100,000 more registered Republicans in Iowa right now than there were eight years ago. Hmm. That's, that's that, huge. That is huge, and it's fascinating. And I agree with Donna Brazil. If she, if they abandon Iowa yeah. or any other state, they are never mm-hmm. going to get them. They're never going to get them back. Maybe they really, maybe they really are. Here's a flashback to some conversations that you and I have had many times over the years. Maybe they really are going forward with this uh, elimination of the electoral college, mm. and they, <laughs> they don't want to. And no. they know that Iowa doesn't matter anymore. They know that states like Iowa and Missouri and and so many others just don't matter anymore. That that is a we. I've talked a lot over the last couple of weeks about the strange campaign decisions being made by specifically Joe Biden but the Democrats as a whole how they how he you know doesn't address the big issue like the, his age issue or some of the uh, or the border or whatever they just kind of like oh everything's going to be fine they don't they're not taking on the it, it, like I, it, I just think it's a bad political strategy and this falls into that category i don't understand any benefit to well we're just going to stop campaigning in certain states and just ignore those voters completely well here's the the issue that they have is now some of those states that they've abandoned now have senate seats up for grabs Mm. Mm -hmm. and they have so they're not really necessarily worried about on a presidential level because they may still get the same states that they've gotten in the past and that may help them when it comes to the electoral college but they're going to lose you, you know if if there are more republicans in the state you're less likely to get a democrat senator or if you do get yeah. one it'll be a joe manchin that you can't always count on for hard left mm. yeah yeah, in every in every state, every state, even the states that are bright blue or bright red, have areas that are that are flip flop, and that and that can be congressional representation. You know, that can add to or to your point to the Senate seats, but can also add to you know your your you know a, a party's lead in in the the House. So. Even well, if you even if you can't win the statewide election, there's still a there's still a lot of yeah. other reasons to focus on voters in in states it's that are. It's also very yeah. big when it comes to governors because who do we look at as the most likely presidential candidates who do well? Governors. Mm-hmm. They typically do better than senators and and uh, or Congress yeah. uh, congressmen and women who, who run for president. You, you typically see a better turnout when your candidate is a governor. And if you have a lot of strong Republican governors, the Democrat bench gets a lot more shallow. Yeah, no kidding. So I want to ask you about uh, John Kerry here in a minute. But before we switch gears, what do you think? Uh, what are you feeling about uh, the results tonight? Do you think it's Donald Trump and uh, by a wide margin, or do you think it's going to be closer than some of the polls have indicated? I think that. Um, well, 
I would say Trump is probably going to run away with it. Yeah. I think that it, it, the weather does depend on, and, and um, this is another thing that came up um, over the weekend. Chuck Todd on uh, Meet the Press, he used to be the host, and he came back to sit down with the new host, which is a little weird. But so he's sitting down, and he's talking about this, and he says, look, bad weather actually probably benefits DeSantis. Mm. And the reason that is, is because who has been in Iowa? Ron DeSantis. Like the last three months. Yeah. He's been building from the ground. And if you have a guy who has been there every day, then you've been campaigning with this guy, and you're on the ground in Iowa. You've seen this guy a bunch of times. If you have the motivation to go out to the pocket in this horrible, yeah. horrible weather. Yeah, yeah. The guys who who remember, hey, we've seen this guy. We've seen this guy a lot. Yeah, he, Not, he's put in the oh, work. Yeah, I'm going to put in the work. Yeah, yeah. like you know him. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you see that. You see that. And this, there was this really, this is really funny. I don't think it actually reflects on whether or not they'll vote for Haley, but... Ron DeSantis' people apparently did a poll and asked people if they knew what state that Nikki Haley had been president uh, had been governor of, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the majority said Colorado. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I, I, Colorado. I, I don't think that that means that they don't like her. Right. I think that that means that most Americans are politically illiterate. Yes, so I, I would agree. That anyway, I would completely agree with that. But it's funny that they it's funny yeah, that they so picked weird. Colorado out. Uh, Virginia, only got a couple of minutes left talking to Virginia Cruder from The Daily Wire. wanted to ask you about a recent uh, article that you wrote about John Kerry preparing to step down oh, as climate czar. Yeah. That surprises me. I thought John Kerry was having the time of his life. He's the bell of the ball being climate czar. So I'm a well, little surprised by this. Is. Well, and here's the thing, and people are joking about it, too, like, because last week the news was that Hillary Clinton was going to take on a larger role in the campaign. And now they're talking about John Kerry taking a larger role in the campaign. And if anybody knows how to win, it's Hillary Clinton. And <laughs> John Kerry. <laughs> like, what? Like, is Joe Biden trying to win? Like, what are we doing here? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's. That well, was kind of the takeaway there. Gotcha. Well, that that does make that does make a little more sense if he's going to be because I, John Kerry has. Well, his his point is that that Joe Biden has done more for climate than any other president. And realistically, although we don't see it as a net positive, we can probably agree on that. that yeah. He's done more toward green energy or whatever. Oh than yeah. Any other president. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's good. He's done more under the banner, yeah, agree, under the guise of it at least. Agree that he's done it. Certainly. So, yes. So that's that's one thing. But and he said that if if that um, for whatever reason, he, he believes that if that doesn't continue, that um, we'll be in more trouble. So mm-hmm. John Kerry is, is taking one for the team and stepping down for the from the the fancy gig to to be on the case, yeah, yeah. So noble. step yeah. away from the spotlight mm-hmm. of climate czar to get into the presidential yeah. election. Yeah, which is even more well, spotlight. No, no. I mean, he's not running for president. No, I know, but I mean, to be a part of the, but yeah. to be a part of it, yes. like to be, a, you know, to right. be a part of Biden's campaign, which I think will give him an even bigger spotlight than uh, than the it, climate well, target. He, He's saying that it's a spotlight for climate, not a spotlight for right. Him. Well, for both. So, yeah, it's for both. Yeah. 
I know. I think I he's, know. Yeah, I think he's... As long uh, as he can take the private jet, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Totally. <laughs> Virginia Curita, thank you so much, as always, for your time this afternoon. Have a great rest of your day, and looking forward to uh, talking next week when we have some of these uh, results to discuss. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, have a great day. That is Virginia Curita from The Daily Wire. You can read her articles every day at thedailywire.com and, of course, on our website, newstalkstl.com. And, uh, yeah, now that does make a lot more sense. John Kerry stepping uh, away from the climate czar because he's going to get involved in the campaign with Joe Biden. But but that point is so valid to say John Kerry stepping up to the plate to be part of the campaign trail. I mean, what? Who, who is he winning over? Who is right. John Kerry bringing into the fold of Joe yeah. Biden and being like, I, yeah. I sold it because of John Kerry. What are John Kerry and Hillary Clinton going to go to the Biden campaign people and say, here's how you win? Yeah. <laughs> here's my success story. Yeah, right. <laughs> here's how you get things done in a presidential election. Let me Cringe. tell you. Yeah. That's pretty uh that's pretty amazing. All right, we are going to continue the conversation with Rob Carter. Of course, you can hear Rob every Sunday night here on Newstalk STL and soon you'll be able to hear him every weeknight here on the station. Want to talk to Rob about the election in general, of course, focus in on what he expects to see tonight in the Iowa caucus and so much more. So, don't go anywhere. That's all next on Colombo and Katie on 1019 and 941. News Talk STL.